My name is Julie Turney, and this is HR Sound Off, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent HR topics. But ultimately, we will be settling some of the many misconceptions that people have about the human resources profession. Some weeks you will hear from my guests, and other times it will be just you and me in the sound booth. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's sound off. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of HR Sound Off. Today, 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 today. <laughs> Joining me in the sound booth today is my partner in crime. I can't even tell you how long it took me to get her in this sound booth. <laughs> but she's here, finally, nonetheless. Let me tell you a little bit about Aura's Hellman. Aura and I met on LinkedIn. We had our first face-to-face -face meeting at a restaurant in November, 2019. And I don't know what happened after that. Somewhere in between there, we just became fast friends and we have been pretty much inseparable since then. So I'm really super excited to have Aura join me today. You know how we do. I don't talk about people. I don't read bios. I give everyone the opportunity to introduce themselves. So beautiful audience, I am honored to introduce to you today, Ms. Aura Talman. Aura, hey, hey. Woo! You made what it. A, what, a, what an introduction. <laughs> You made it, you made it, you made it. I am so glad that you are here, my friend. Yes, I am too. I was, I, I have to admit, although I know you don't do prep, as you know, I am a prep person. I know. Be a little bit of a crutch. I know. Like, use that. <laughs> just a little bit. I know. <laughs> before, <laughs> before we started this recording, Aura messaged me yesterday and she was like, Julie, so what do I need in order to be prepared? And I was like, you know, I don't ask, I ask the same questions, but I can't tell you that I'm going to ask you them in any specific order. We're just going to do this. I know Aura likes to be prepared. We are in the middle of a thunderstorm and recording this episode, but we are gonna get it done, people. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. We are definitely in the middle of weather we did not expect. No, it's been, it's been super hot here for the last couple of days. But um, yeah, I'm so glad that you're here, my friend. Yes, I am too. I have to say that, uh, you know, I don't believe anything happens by chance. So, you know, I think that me finding you on LinkedIn, reaching out, Going for lunch that day was definitely meant to be. So, uh -huh. you know, here, here we are. This is meant to be as well. Here, here we are. Opinion. Here we are. So let me give you just a snapshot of some of the stuff that Aura and I are doing together for the, have been doing together since we met. So Aura <laughs> created her boutique firm, Q Resources, and she is killing it, just getting stuff done. Uh, we are working on Disrupt HR together. And we're doing a lot of other projects together, including our Instagram live, <laughs> the Be Human Hour, which we were doing every other Wednesday on Instagram. Unfortunately, for some reason, Instagram doesn't like Aura and I. It would not let us be great at all. And so we are taking that show onto YouTube. So stay tuned for that, for sure, for sure, for sure. Aura, 
tell the beautiful people all about you. How, who is Aura Talman and how did you get here? Yes, well, let me tell you, I feel like my life has been a combination of doing very uncomfortable things, mm -hmm. um, whether by choice or not by choice. Um, so I'm originally from Romania, and I moved to Canada when I was 13 with my family, my parents, and my sister. And we lived in Vancouver uh, for, uh, I, I want to say, like 20 years now almost. Okay. Um, after I made the decision to once again move to a completely new place and a new culture to Barbados. Uh-huh. But I mostly grew my career in Vancouver, and that's where my love of HR started. So a big part of my story is being an immigrant and sort of living out that, um, you know, so to say American dream, you know, American dream sounds a bit fancier than the Canadian dream. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, very, very similar in terms of the actual picture. Yeah. So that really is a big part of my story, sort of adapting to new cultures. Right. And of course, since being in Barbados, it has been a whole new way of adapting to yeah. culture. Awesome. And, and tell us your HR story. Like, how did you get into HR? Where has it led you to date in developing and creating and founding Q Resources Consulting? Mm -hmm. So my HR journey started uh, in, in sort of a negative way. I would say in a negative experience. And I don't often share this experience, but because you're usually so vulnerable, Julie, <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to be more vulnerable myself. I'm, I'm learning. It's a process. It's a process, my friend. You know, the funny thing is I, when I work with uh, leaders or people managers, I always preach authenticity. Yeah. So I'm going to be as vulnerable as possible today. Okay. For you, that is. I appreciate <laughs> And for your audience, no. I, we appreciate you. We appreciate you. <laughs> this is a safe space. Do your thing. So my HR journey started when I was about 18, 19. It was my first real corporate job. And a few months into the job, I started experiencing sexual harassment from an older uh, male that worked at the company. Right. And so just as we tell people all the time, if you're experiencing harassment of any kind, you go to HR. Right. And so being young, sort of that's what I did is I went to HR. And I went to HR a couple of times before I realized that the HR person actually had a huge personal conflict of interest with this particular male in the workplace. And so once I realized that, and I think they sort of realized that I wasn't going away, um, they actually offered me a severance package um, and for me to sign a contract, you know, that basically said that wow. this and that we left on um, not amicable terms, but that they would provide me with a reference or my manager would provide me with a reference when right. I need one. Uh -huh. And so, of course, at that age, you know, being 18, 19, sort of your first job, you don't yeah. really the world of work. Mm -hmm. So I took that package and I ran and I distance myself very much from that company and that industry uh, a little bit yeah. later in life I went back into that industry actually mm -hmm. uh, as an HR person okay but 
that's sort of where my journey started, where previous to that, I haven't really thought about human resources as a profession. Right. It was just sort of something that I always heard about, but never really looked into it. So when I went back to university, I, I took about a year off to travel, to go to Europe. So when I finally went back to university, I said, you know what? This is what I'm going to do because HR is, in my opinion, one of the few professions that can have such a big impact on people's lives. Yeah. People spend so much time at work mm -hmm. and you can have direct influence over what that experience looks like. Yeah. And I think very few professions get to do that. Yeah. And so that's really what I, why I went into human resources Okay. Uh, and why I sort of started growing my career there. Mm -hmm. So you kind of um, started your career essentially out of uh, not wanting to, other people to experience what you experienced. Like you had a really bad experience and you didn't want anyone else to have to go through what you went through. Is that why you went into human resources then? Yes, yes. I think that I, I of course, wanted to impact the workplace in, in a different type of way. But I think for HR professionals, they need to realize that whether they admit it or not or recognize it or not, they uh -huh. do touch so many people's lives. Yeah. Sometimes it's positive, sometimes it's negative, and that's yeah. just the way life is. Uh, but I wanted to have as much positive impact as possible. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I am glad that you are here for sure um, because you have created space that truly shows that you have a genuine care for the people experience. And, and I can see that in your every interaction with, with the people that we work with and we work around every time where we're working together. So, so I'm glad that you are here. So Q Resources Consulting, tell us a little bit about your, your firm, what it does, how you service the general public. Sure. So I, my long-term career goal was always to work as a consultant because I like the idea of having the freedom to choose my own project, as well as I think that sometimes it's interesting to have an outside perspective into something that is happening. I think sometimes when we're so involved in something, we may have blind spots. And so I liked the idea of that outsider consultant. But this was about 10, 15 years down the road. So when I moved to Barbados, I thought, you know what? I have made such a crazy decision to do this. <laughs> uh, I might as well make another crazy decision <laughs> and start my consulting company. Right. Of course, it was somewhat of a calculated risk. I mean, I have been in HR for a decade and counting now. Right. And I do have education in business management. So I, there was some calculation on that risk. Right. Uh, but nonetheless, I wanted to start a consulting firm that was very much human focused. So what I mean by that is um, we don't focus on processes and we don't really focus on anything other than optimizing people's talents and skills. Right. And we use a holistic approach to that. And I know when I say that, people probably are thinking, what is that? And how, how do you yeah. say that? Yes. 
what's this come by uh, you're coming with exactly you know it's funny i actually saw a somebody had posted a meme the other day and i liked it but i kind of laughed at myself and the <laughs> meme said if you're ever in a meeting and don't know what to say just say hey let's take a holistic approach to this and i laughed so hard and i thought that's kind of true <laughs> In my case, we do actually take a holistic approach. Yeah. Uh, so what I mean by that is we help businesses understand who their people really are. Right. And how to use um, both the strengths and how to, sometimes you can't fully fix a weakness. And to be honest, I don't think weaknesses are bad no. because we're human beings. And so we mm -hmm. come imperfect. And so the solutions that we provide need to take that into account. So we mainly focus on team performance, okay. individual performance coaching, and diversity and inclusion, with inclusion being a really, really big part of our business. Right. So I really believe that if people are not fulfilled, truly fulfilled at work, you're not going to get their best. You may get good results. Um, you may even be profitable. Mm -hmm. But are you getting people's best? Yeah. I think that's something that we need to think about more. Yeah, absolutely. I could I couldn't agree with you more there. And I really do like the way you have your business set up. You're not focusing on a whole set of. You're not focusing on the HR function in its entirety. You're very specific about where you're focusing and where you're developing and helping organizations to grow. And I, and I really love that. So from a DNI perspective, mm -hmm. um, and I know you talk a lot about this on in your social media, um, and even as we have conversations. So there, there are some things that you are you are working towards right now where, where DNI are concerned. Can you tell our audience a little bit about what you have, what you're preparing, what's what they're going to be able to enjoy? sometime in the future. Yes. So, um, you know, when I talk about um, diversity and inclusion, it's, well, inclusion for me is really a life value. And the reason why is because I am an immigrant. And so when I moved to Canada, I spoke five words of English, to be honest. And I, you know, for the first time in my life, saw and met people of color, you know, black people, brown people. Previous to that, I lived in a small town. My parents, um, you know, we didn't travel too much outside of our country because right. we didn't really afford it. And so when I moved to Canada, I realized, wow, there's this whole other world out there that I didn't even know existed until I was essentially a teenager. Right. And... I also realized that belonging is so important. Mm -hmm. Feeling like you truly belong somewhere can make you or break you. Yeah. And so at work, if we have employees that feel like they don't belong, that feel like they have to laugh at a joke or put on a smile when somebody makes, you know, a comment. Right. And you don't have, you know, going back to true fulfillment, you don't really have fulfillment. At no, work. no. And so that's why diversity and inclusion is a really, really big part of what we do. But um, that's why I mentioned um, inclusion. Right. 
So right now, uh, we are working on developing three uh, packaged solutions for businesses that are just starting out their journey with diversity and inclusion. So when I say starting out, you don't even have a policy, you don't have an inclusion statement, you have maybe just realized that, you know, hey, maybe we are actually not diverse enough. And so, um, you know, so starting from really almost zero, and I will say that I even congratulate those businesses because I think just being aware that you need to be more diverse is a step in the right direction. direction. Yeah. And of course, we also will have our full solution mm -hmm. where we help you do everything from doing an assessment um, to setting up inclusion committees and, you know, um, a bit more handholding right. for companies that really want to go the full length and the full experience. But what is really, really important to me is that the inclusion portion is authentic. Right. So we're not just checking a box, we're right. actually making an impact on how people feel. And there's, there's a big difference in that. I think over the past few months, certainly, mm -hmm. we have realized that how we really care about diversity in the workplace. And yeah. I would argue, maybe we haven't. Yeah. Um, because there's lots of companies that, you know, their employees have come out and said, I've been here for years. Mm -hmm. I, I have not seen any signs of this. And so, you know, I really wanted to focus on that. I saw a need for, you know, leaders that really don't know what to say and they feel like they don't have a place in the conversation. Uh -huh. and I would say you do have a place in the conversation and you really have an obligation to your people to invest in diversity and inclusion. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I, I wish you every success mm -hmm. with rolling out this new um, program that you have in mind. And, and with that in mind, Aura, in terms of diversity and inclusion and what you're trying to put forward from a Caribbean perspective based on what you've seen, what would you say are some of the key areas that companies in the Caribbean really need to focus on as they look at rolling out a diversity and inclusion program or um, team, or should they recruit people specifically for DNI in the Caribbean? Mm -hmm. So in the Caribbean is a little bit different because there is a predominant uh, racial majority. Um, so it's, I would say that the focus should be more on cultural diversity. Yeah. Because even people from the Caribbean, they really are different and they have different customs and different ways of working and different beliefs. And we all have biases, mm -hmm. regardless of, you know, status, class, race, ethnicity, yeah. we all hold biases. Yeah. And so I would still say that uncovering those biases and bringing them to the surface are really important. Mm -hmm. A big one here is also ageism. Yes. And I mean, that is sort of a global trend, mm -hmm. uh, but ageism is also very big here. So I would say investing and recognizing even that what's happening yeah. is actual ageism. So if you're not hiring people 
of a certain age because they either have too much experience, too little experience. Um, education as well, you know, they, people hold a lot of bias on education. Yes. And I know that the type of education in the school you went to, for example, holds a lot of importance here. Yeah. So sort of holding up a mirror to ourselves and looking at, you know, why do I believe this about this person, even though I don't really know anything about them? Mm -hmm. Those are still important. I know that when most people think of diversity and inclusion, they think of gender and race. Right. And that's because it's sort of modeled after the North American um, and European. Right state which you know there they made a big push for a uh, first it was gender and then now it's race mm -hmm. but i know that in the caribbean majority of the workforce is actually women and women are more educated than men mm -hmm. and so that's why i mentioned that cultural diversity is yes yes as well as i would say ageism and then looking at at gender as well but maybe that would be secondary mm-hmm Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. And as you create these packages and you talk about the importance of having organizations recognize where their shortfalls are, that's what I'm hearing. So for us in the Caribbean, it's the ageism, it's the cultural diversity, it's, and, and that cultural diversity is real. I have sat in many interviews with hiring managers and heard them say, you know, oh, when you look at the resume, you go, oh, that person went to that school. Okay, no, skip them. Or yeah, that person lives there, skip them. I've literally seen that happen. And I know that this is something that's very, very big for us in, in the Caribbean, as well as when people apply for roles and they're not from your island. That's yeah. a very big one. So like um, somebody, Jane Doe applies for a job with your organization. She's from Ghana. And I know how Bajans have this thing about Guyanese and Guyanese taking up all your jobs and this kind of thing. And they talk about if you're coming from St. Vincent or St. Lucia, you come from a little island. There's no, seriously, like Barbados is so small. Come on now. Come on. We're all little islands. Come on now. Yeah. So, but these, these things are the things that really exist in, in our scope as we talk about diversity and inclusion in the Caribbean. And I think culture is a very big one um, for us that we really need to be better at, on as people in the Caribbean. And I feel that especially with CARICOM and the free movement of, you know, um, of people through different Caribbean islands. We've been given the right to move freely and work freely. To have these biases is just completely unacceptable. And I, I really believe that people need to do better. And I think that with your help and your guidance on with these programs, people are definitely going to, to really benefit and see how their workforce is going to change once they adopt to these more inclusive behaviors. So I want to thank you for making that effort. And as I said before, wishing you every success. Thank you, Julie. You are welcome. So tell me, Orin, what are you reading, watching, listening to right now that you think other professionals in our space should do the same? 
So I am listening to a lot of Brene Brown. She has been one of my favorite authors for a very long time, but right. I have recently gone back to uh, her books and her talks. So uh, one of the books I've recently reread is Dare to Lead. Right. And it's about how to lead bravely mm -hmm. and with a lot of vulnerability. Right. But if you're not a big reader, then I would just binge watch a bunch of her YouTube stuff. Right. Uh, because, and I, I tend to do that as well, um, because she has a lot of interesting talks. One that I listened to recently was about trauma mm -hmm. and how we need to remember that everybody carries trauma on different levels. Of course, yeah. Incredibly timing. Yes. Um, you know, with COVID and with the racial injustice that is happening in the yeah. United States, that really has affected uh, people globally, not just in the United States. Yes. Yes. And, uh, you know, how, you know, how everybody, we are all walking around with trauma at different levels, yet the level of empathy is not there. Mm hmm. And so I highly recommend, uh, you know, listening to her talk about that. Uh, she's a researcher. So if you're big into research and like to find holes in data and things, she is very good at talking about those things as well. Uh -huh. So I highly, um, uh, I highly recommend her. And then on that same note, one of the books that I started reading because she had recommended it. Right. Um, is actually about... Uh, is about how we hold trauma, even childhood trauma in our mind and our body and how it comes out in our health and our stress and in how we treat others. Yes. So if you're interested in that, mm -hmm. uh, I know it's a little bit deeper than maybe what the HR profession calls for, but I think it's, you know, yeah, it's really not a bad thing to have. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So we will include the links to those books in the comment section of the post when we release this podcast or you will find it attached to the links um, to the podcast comments in Anchor FM. So thank you for that. The, yeah. big, the big question or that I, that I ask everyone, what is the biggest misconception about HR that really bothers you that you want to set the record straight on today what is it yes well let me tell you thank you for asking this question <laughs> you can tell this question gets me excited no <laughs> she just got closer <laughs> okay so the biggest and i thought about this hard because i think there are many yes i but, know there are many but i'm I, like the yeah. biggest one that really bugs yeah. you the biggest one that really bugs me is that HR people are in the profession of people and not in the profession of strategy. Hmm. Could you preach? Could you say that again? Just say it again in case there was someone that went to the kitchen or the bathroom, they were listening, but they didn't quite get that. Can you say it again for them? Yes, ma'am. So HR is not in the business of people. We are in the business of strategy. Mm. We are strategists. And the part of our job that is really tough, yes, it is people because people are complex. Yes. Julie, I know I say this a lot, but we work in the gray zone. Yes. There is no black and white no. in our profession. It really is 
a lot of complexity and a lot of strategy, a lot of moving pieces yeah. so that, you know, you protect employees, you mm -hmm. also protect the company, you protect yourself and yeah. your own emotional and mental health. So health absolutely. And so if that doesn't require a lot of strategy, I don't know what does. Okay, then. Okay, then. Like, in Beijing? All right, then. Because... <laughs> I, as you were saying it and, and, and articulating it, I really have to say this, this is a big one because we are in a space that definitely is not great. I know we talk about this all the time and I cannot agree with you more. Um, there's no, there's no safe space for us. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I, you know, one part that I find really challenging about working in HR, whether, so I've worked in HR where I was the only HR person. I right. have also worked in HR where I was working with somebody else, a director. Right. But, you know, the part, part of the job is that you carry a lot. Absolutely. You carry your own emotions. Yeah. You often carry other people. Yeah. You are often part of decisions that alter people's lives. Yes. Whether you're, you know, helping hire somebody or mm -hmm. letting somebody go. That's right. Whether you know that a budget cut is happening two months in advance and you have to sit with people in the lunchroom mm -hmm. knowing that you know, their budgets are going to get slashed. That is very tough. Yes. And so through all of that, you know, to still be able to put that to the side and be strategic, I think is nothing short of just a gift. I think being in this profession is yes. really a gift. Mm -hmm. And we need to honor it as that. And I know yes. sometimes it doesn't feel like it sometimes. Yeah. I it's such a thank, thankless profession, right? Yes, yes. A lot of people say that it's a thankless profession. Yeah. yeah. But I do think that uh, people in HR get their, um, and let me know what you think, Julie, get their motivation from something else. Yes. I don't think it's from being thanked. I think no. we get it from, from, from something else. Yes. Like, I, I totally agree with you. I mean... <sighs> Can I just say, like, first and foremost, I 100% agree that it takes a special kind of person to be an HR professional. I, I truly do believe that. And when I hear people say that, you know, anyone can HR, it really grinds me. That bothers me immensely because anyone and everyone cannot do what we do because of the layers that is, are involved in what we do just as you outlined before. So I 100% agree with that. And the other thing that I would say is that in a, um, when you think about the, the person, me or you, like my reward comes from the people who actually take my advice and develop and grow. My reward comes from seeing someone be able to go through an entire interview process and you know, have an amazing candidate experience to then move them into having a good employee experience. My reward comes from those things. And it's not necessarily that I expect people to tell me thank you, but that I can just see them grow. That's where my reward comes from. My, my mother, 
I don't know how my mother, between my mother and Kiana, they always end up in my podcast. But <laughs> my mother always had a saying, and she would always say, my reward is with God, meaning you don't look to people necessarily for your reward, but you, I was raised a way, a certain way, which is that you give no matter what, even if it's your last and you have the ability to give, you give. Your reward comes from knowing that you've been able to fill someone. And, you know, I've always been taught there's more happiness in giving than there is in receiving. Yes. And I, I always believe that the more that I give, stuff just comes without me having to ask. Um, I'm, you know, blessed. I really believe that. And so if I can give my time, my energy, my knowledge, my experience to somebody else to help them to develop and grow, that, and I can see them do it and achieve it, like that in itself for me is rewarding, just to give. And yeah. I, so I think that the HR profession is made up of very special givers, mm -hmm. forgivers, um, and people who can see beyond what other people can't see. Like yeah. I feel that those are the people who really make up this amazing profession that we call HR. There's times that we are called to, you know, help a manager make a decision about, about an employee. And there, if we have taken the time to get to know the person, we can definitely say to the manager, well, do you know this? Do you know that? Have you experienced this? Have you experienced, do you know why this is happening? Did you know X, Y, Z is the case? I, I had a manager once who came to me like, I don't want to work with this guy anymore, Julie. Get rid of him. Get rid of him. And I was like, huh? He's like, put him on another team. I don't care what you do with him. I don't want to work with him anymore. And I said, hold the phone. You hired the guy. You hired the guy. You said you were going to train the guy. Now you have to see this through. There's something about this guy. When I, I actually headhunted him and... He was, he passed every, every frill bell and whistle that the company had got hired three months in the manager was like, Nope, don't want him no more. Don't like this guy, put him somewhere else. And I said, Nope, I, there's something in this guy that if you just take your time to understand him, you're going to get a great employee. Just take your time. Don't be so hasty to get rid of him. Two months later, the manager is back at my door. Julie, I want to thank you so much for telling me to take the time to get to know this guy. He is amazing. He works really well. Now I can see that this, this guy is developing and growing in the organization in ways that I never, you know, he probably never thought for himself, but it's happening now. That's, that's where my reward is. That's where my reward is every time. So I 100% agree with you. You know, one of, the, um, one of the skills that I think is incredibly underrated and we don't talk about often is the skill of curiosity. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, actually, when I talk to people about diversity and inclusion, you know, there is this sort of view a lot of us and them or... Yeah. I don't know if you've ever found yourself saying something. I mean, I have to saying something like, how could that person believe that? Mm. How, it's so obvious. How could they believe that? You mm -hmm. know, or how could they support this politician? Oh my gosh, I have, can they not see the news, you know? <laughs> but really mm -hmm. it comes down, instead of asking how can they believe that, you know, 
you can ask what would drive somebody what are the factors that brought somebody to believe that yes so not you know why did they believe that we all believe things for a reason we didn't just wake up one day and decide to believe this or that right um, so curiosity is such a big part especially for HR, in my opinion, yes, to not only have, but to teach people how to yes. ask and to come from a place of curiosity instead of often a place of assumption or a place of a high degree of emotion mm-hmm. or a place of bias. And normally we come to things with bias and emotion and that's yes. really what gets in trouble. But curiosity, in my opinion, I know we talk a lot about a lot of the skills of the future, yeah. but I really think curiosity is a, is a really big one. Absolutely. Absolutely. I even feel like I'm going to give that a clap. Sweet. I get a clap. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. You know, as children, we are extremely curious. We ask why a lot. We probe. We, you know, break stuff just to understand how it works, or I did a lot of that when I was little. Um, But something happens to us when we become adults where we no longer see the importance, for lack of a better word, of why we should be curious as adults. It's like people tell us to do stuff, we do it, we don't ask why. Yes, exactly. We we follow orders. Yes, Mm -hmm. essentially. And um, I think that it's important for us. I think I heard a TED talk, if it wasn't two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, where it was talking about the same thing you just mentioned about developing the art of curiosity and why it's important for us in this stage as adults to be curious and, and you know, probe and fact find so that we of ourselves can, be, can make the best decisions that we could make in any particular situation that we're in. But with that comes the, the tenacity, the bravery to be curious. And also I think it comes with the vulnerability because sometimes in being curious, you're gonna hear stuff that you don't necessarily wanna hear. Yes. So I, I, say this, I say this often that just because you don't want to have a conversation doesn't mean it's not a conversation you need to have. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, I've oh that this this piece here, super powerful, super powerful. See, this is why, ladies and gentlemen, everyone who is listening, this is why I say she completes me. <laughs> and I I completely feel the same. I I, I think that even, of course, on a professional level, but a friendship level as well, as you said, I think it's hard to find people that really get you yeah. and people that you can be yourself with and they're not going to judge you and, mm-hmm. you know, think you're weird. I mean, you may still think I'm weird at times, but but you still accept it. Yes, because <laughs> yes, you're my friend, man. Exactly. <laughs> and, it's, and sometimes it's okay. That's okay. So, yeah, yeah. I feel blessed for sure. So let's talk a little bit about the Be Human Hour. We created this Instagram live called the Be Human Hour and and our main purpose for creating this this show, for lack of a better word, is because we, we have something to say as it relates to the human resources profession. 
and we also want to get your feedback. Um, it's an opportunity for us to talk to you in real time about very pertinent HR topics. Um, what do you want to share with the people as we look to the future of what the Be Human Hour will become? My vision for the Be Human Hour is I want HR to be accessible to people. I don't want people to think that, oh, HR is like, if, if I need HR advice, you know, it's going to be super expensive and I don't really know what I'm doing. And, yeah. you know, maybe I don't really know many HR people. My vision is that people will understand HR either better or in a different way. So if you're yeah. already an HR professional, mm -hmm. You just get a different view of things Absolutely. because we talk about that on the Be Human Hour. We usually talk about trends and mm -hmm. what's happening in the market as yeah. well as our personal experience. Yes. When, when, we, when we get all data savvy. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. Right. So I think that it's, you know, it's a unique perspective and it, in my opinion, it's fun. Like, yes. We're fun. So it's, it's fun. Definitely. We have moments. We yes. have very serious moments and then we have very funny moments. Um, we have a, a great audience that, that, you know, tunes in so far and they're very engaging in, in, in a lot of the topics that we talk about. Um, but yeah, we've made a conscious decision, um, Instagram, so you know, that we're going to move this popsicle stand to YouTube because you're just, you're just not letting us be great at all. So we're, we're taking our show on the road. We're that's taking right. the masses. That's right. That's right. And and hopefully at some point in time, LinkedIn. Yes. I was looking back to see when we applied for our LinkedIn live um, approval. And, and it was like April 20th this year. Yes. I, I think that is going to take a while. But, yeah, you know, till then we got YouTube. Yeah. And so come come look for us on YouTube, the Be Human Hour. We are there. We will be there. The channel is up. We just need to get going. So don't we're gonna get there. Yes. Yeah. So look out for the Be Human Hour. And on YouTube, you're able to actually interact with us as well. So mm -hmm. yeah. So come come see us on there and look out for that show. What is next for the amazing Aura Talman? Can you tell me? Well, let me tell you, Julie. <laughs> first things first, I'd like to say that I always make these big and grandiose plans. Okay. And then I feel like God just takes these plans and says, you're thinking too small, or here are the actual plans. And they're, you know, things that I couldn't ever dream up. Yeah. So, but you I know they like, say, you know, they say that man plans, but God purposes. Yes. Or, um, what, what's the other one? Man plans and God laughs. <laughs> have you heard that one? I have heard them both. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. So I sort of feel like maybe that, maybe that should be like the motto of my life pretty much. Uh, because I often, because of my personality, I love to make these really concrete plans and then right. God and says oh here's this piece and this piece and this piece um which is actually how i made you yeah. um you know it, it's uh -huh. how so but in terms of my vision for the future yeah 
is I am really working on a new way to do HR consulting. Mm -hmm. So I know that HR consulting has been done the same for a very long time. The model has been the same for a long right. time. But I am looking to not just to modernize, but make the HR consulting model more digital. Mm -hmm. So that's why I have created, uh, you know, a lot of different packages. The way yeah. I do consulting is usually uh, programs. Right. Instead of one-on-one, -on -one, because I do one-on-one -on -one consulting as well. Uh -huh. uh, but I, I mostly do uh, programs and training of right. that sort. Right. But I really want HR professionals to not have to wait 10, 15, 20 years into their profession to develop a consulting business. Yeah. So that is my long-term vision for the future. Awesome. I am still working on doing that for myself. Right. So as of right now, <laughs> um, you know, we'll see how things go and how yeah. things develop. But, but that's sort of my vision for the future is using a lot of um, you know, modern marketing techniques yeah. and online business techniques to integrate uh -huh. into my um, into my consulting model. So that's more on the business side. And then, of course, uh, you know, my mission in life is to help people find fulfillment at work. Right. So I plan to do that as much as I can through my consulting right. and to continue developing relationships, both here and um, globally. I've, you know, I've met a yeah. lot of people on LinkedIn, but, huh? but I do want to fully integrate myself into the culture here in Barbados right? Um, and fully get to know, you know, um, the culture and the people here that that's really important to me awesome. as well as to be able to, you know, to give back to them because, right. you know, people have given me so much here already by just accepting me and embracing me mm -hmm. and giving me opportunities and working with me, even though they don't really know me. Right. And so I'd love to, you know, one day be able to give back to the community that's already given me so much, honestly, in the short time that I've been here. Awesome. I am so excited to see what comes next and how you develop and grow yourself living in the sunny island of Barbados. Um, I am definitely grateful that we crossed paths and, and that we have developed the friendship that we have. And I thank you so much for surviving your time in a sound booth. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, Julie. I really, really appreciate this opportunity. And I think we dropped some good gems for the people today. Absolutely. I think that if they need more, they could check us out on the Be Human Hour. You don't agree? Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Where can these beautiful people find you on social media, Aura? Yes. So they can find me on LinkedIn under Aura Talman, mm -hmm. um, as well as on uh, social media under Hue Resources. Yeah. And we also have a weekly email series that mm -hmm. we do. They're called HR Success Tips. So yeah. you can subscribe to that. Mm -hmm. um, and it's usually once a week, we send quick emails on, um, you know, what we're loving, what's inspiring us and yeah. what's happening in the business world. Yeah. So if you're interested in that, you can also sign up for those and you can find those on our website and on, on social media as well. Yes. And if you have not checked out Aura's, Instagram page while we were sitting here talking. There's something wrong with you. Could you go check it out, please? Like, 
right now. Few resources. Thank you, Julie. Go on that Instagram page, and I'm telling you, she is dropping bombs and gems everywhere, all over Instagram. So go go check it out for sure. Thank you so much, Bora. And I am sure that this will not be your last time here. Um, But in the meantime, and between time, we'll catch you on the other side. Awesome. Thank you so much, Julie. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us in the sound booth today. I hope that you found this information from this episode useful. You can find me on all social media platforms at I am Julie Turney. That's I am Julie Turney. And you can find this episode or this show on most digital platforms, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Thanks to Anchor FM and Rock Solid Entertainment for helping me to put this content together for you. And I will see you again when we next sound off.